Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm. <clears throat> Need to suck down some more of that this morning. Today is Tuesday, February 21st, 221, 2023. Sort of getting all those twos in there. So, um, yeah, happy Tuesday to you all. I feel like I have a lot to talk about today. And it's on the topic that I talk about frequently, um, have over the years. And it's evergreen because it is... Um, I don't know, part and parcel of our industry, but also it's, I don't, probably human nature. Uh, go back to, you know, like the gold rush, somebody uh, got hit gold or silver or lead in their mine, and you get uh, the town springing up around them to relieve them of the money. And in some ways, this is a good dynamic, and in some ways, it's a toxic one. Um, if you are up working your gold mine, you need people to help refine the gold and take it and sell it in other places so you can dig it out or you hire people to help you dig it out. Uh, and the tale of the Rocky Mountain West is all of the towns that sprang up around the miners. They were the source of the initial wealth. When we talk about money, um, which I think I talk about fairly frequently, but money is representational, right? You know, a, a dollar bill by itself isn't worth anything at all. But what that dollar bill can acquire for you is worthwhile. So <clears throat> we agree that if I give you my dollar bill, that you will give me uh, this breakfast that you cooked from the hens that you raised then you can go use that dollar bill to buy feed for your chickens, right? Uh, but there has to be an origin, you know, the, unless it's cryptocurrency, in which case all bets are off. Uh, but, but there is somebody at the source who is creating the thing from nothing. Um, the eggs from the chickens, uh, the gold coming out of the ground. So human civilization, we build societies around uh, doing something with the source, you know, like your fishing village or your farming community, your ranching community, right? So you have all of the people who support the thing that is creating the, the wealth in the first place. And then we use representational money to uh, basically barter and exchange with each other. And then there are those who are like, they see the gold and they think, well, I could do something that would make me money that would, I could have my own business. Uh, and I'm going to pretend like it's something that is useful for the miners. Let, let's stick with our mining. And I, I know I, uh, 
mining analogy. I know that I did a blog post on this a while back um, about selling shovels to gold miners. I wonder if I could find that. I found it. I will link to the blog post. It's actually a really good blog post. <laughs> if I do say so myself. Uh, I was entertained by it, by my past self. So I wrote it in 2016, which tells you something, right? And uh, to clarify, September of 2016, what it tells you is that what goes around comes around and it's the same thing over and over again. So in this case, I was talking about how the head of my former agency had said that there's a reason that San Francisco, that the streets in San Francisco are named for the shovel salesmen and not the miners. And that's a, I'm, I'm glad to revisit it because I'd forgotten that she said that. Um, the point being that the people who show up to sell shovels to the miners are the ones who tend to make the money. They tend to be the ones who uh, establish themselves in business because even though the miners are the ones mining the initial product, the shovel salespeople, I should change it to gender neutral, uh, are the ones that are keeping the money and using it to become wealthy. Part of the point of my blog post is about uh, being very wary, especially of the people who used to be miners and instead become uh, go into business showing, selling shovels because that tells you something, especially if they tell you that they know so much about mining that they are especially good at selling you shovels because they know exactly what kind of shovel you need to mine the gold. And really, if they did know exactly what kind of shovel to use to mine the gold, they would be using that to mine the gold, right? Hopefully I'm not losing you in this metaphor. Uh, but instead, these people have figured out that it's more worthwhile. Uh, either they don't have a gold mine, uh, their gold mine is shit, or they've decided that they're going to be able to make much more money selling shovels than mining gold. And if part of that, their selling point is their expertise at gold mining, then you should be very wary. So that's one aspect of this. So writers are essentially the gold mine, right? We, we are a primary source. These stories come up out of us and we give them to the world and we sell them, which is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love being a writer. I love being a primary source of wealth. I love that I have a team of people who make their livings in part from me, partly from my uh, efforts. It's very different than when I worked for a day job and worked for a salary where uh, I was not the primary source of anything. So <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling like I need to go directly into what's going on. Uh, and it is tale as old as time, uh, as some people have pointed out. What happened yesterday was there was a conference that was deliberately set up for indie authors. And I'm going to tell you all flat out, and maybe you will argue with me and maybe I will annoy some people with this, but if something is deliberately set up to be for self-publishing authors, 
I would give it the side eye because scammers and not all of them are scammers, but the people who are not on the up and up know that self-publishing authors are one, I'm going to say it tend to be desperate and, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, but there are a lot of indie authors who are just starting out and they have, um, meager resources, right? They might be, and I'm not saying financially, I'm saying that they have, um, they don't have a lot of legal support or professional support necessarily, not like a traditionally published author does. If you scam someone like, I mean, we'll go right up to the top. Uh, let's say let, Neil Gaiman. If you scam Neil Gaiman, you're going to be in trouble right? If you scam, uh, Susie Sunshine, who has just self-published her first romance novel, not so much, right? Indie authors, uh, are also having to do everything on their own, right? So they are always looking for opportunities and the people selling shovels love people who are looking for better ways to mine, right? Um, this is as opposed to an event and I'm going to go ahead and pick a polycon. I know that it's limited. I know not everybody can get invited to attend a polycon. I, I totally get it. I'm not saying that that's the solution, but one reason there are multiple reasons why I really respect the way that Jennifer L. Armentrout has set up this event. Uh, one of them is you will note that it is not just for indie authors, right? It is for hybrid authors. Uh, it is for all kinds of authors. So that means that you can have somebody like, um, I'm trying to think of someone, <laughs> almost everybody is now also self-publishing, but well, I'll say Jennifer Eastep, who is now getting more into self-publishing, but Jennifer has been pretty much exclusively trad for a long time. You can get authors like her attending, uh, and she's not going to end up bringing in her publisher or her agent to cause trouble for the organizers because they're doing a good job, right? Uh, one of the other key ways that a polycon is, I think, a sign that they're on the up and up is that the fee to attend is not expensive. Uh, it's $150 to have your table. Uh, they've added uh, the price to bring your assistant has gone up now. It's $80. And I, I'm positive last year it was free. Wasn't it free last year? Uh, but I also know lots and lots of people who uh, brought their free assistant uh, who ended up being a person who just wanted to attend a polycon and not have to pay the higher ticket price. Now, what's important about this $150 figure or even the $80 figure is that there are, I, I was going to pause, but I won't pause my thought. I have to check something, but um, is that the price that the attendees pay to attend 
redundance, sort of redundant, sorry, uh, is much higher. So one thing I figured out when I was probably back around 2015, 2016, when I was having my first books out, that blog post in September of 2016, I was showing off copies of The Edge of the Blade. That was my fifth book with Kensington. So I was sort of, um, I, I hit lots and lots of, con, of cons in those years, especially because I had stopped working the day job in 2015. So I thought, well, might as well travel, might as well go to all of this stuff. And there was one small reader con that I attended for a couple years in a row that here's the phenomenon I saw it and and they were fairly on the up and up uh, and and are still I, I wouldn't say bad things against them except that it's more expensive for the authors to attend than for the readers to attend and I won't go back because of this reason and what I saw happening over time is that they would have their featured authors but then they weren't getting the reader attendance so they would allow in other authors indie authors who were looking for some way to get in didn't have enough of a career yet to be featured authors so they wanted to be there in any way they could so they would come as a reader uh, but then be there to you know pimp their books and the thing was is that these then become and, and this happened with RT, too. I, we would look around. I remember being at a party at one of the last RTs, and Angela James, the publisher at Karina Books, uh, came and sat down at our table, and she said, look around this room. She said, can any of you spot people that you know are only readers and that are not also authors? And we couldn't. I mean, we knew there were people there at the con who were that, but it had become so much of a thing where it, it was like authors, 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 you know, oh, I want to have my career too. And there's nothing wrong with that, it, but it dilutes the effectiveness of the event. A polycon is a super effective event because of it brings readers, engaged, excited, avid readers to meet the authors. And that's what, as an author, you want. If you are at a con all with other authors, it just becomes this sort of incestuous feeding frenzy. So what happened, and I know that I've taken a very long time to come around to what happened, but that there was a convention that was organized for, I, I went and looked at their site. I hadn't heard about it before, but uh, specifically for indie authors. And they were planning to occur in July and they canceled and there's a lot of upset they say though they're refunding the registration fees hopefully that will happen I've heard of many instances where they did not where the organizers simply disappeared uh, ran off with the money uh, but you know people are stuck with hotel registration with plane registration and one of the organizers went on and did a video on social media and said um, that it was the fault of the hotel, that it was the fault of uh, this big hotel chain because they wanted $200,000 to put on this conference. And <laughs> it, it was really just a shake my head moment because 
I was part of a conference before that this gal put on that she did in a really nice hotel and she was young. She was in her twenties and she had gotten me to come and several other authors to come. This was a while ago too. It might've been around 2016, uh, really nice hotel, downtown Denver and all of this. And she didn't get enough registrations to come. Well, when you organize something like this, you sign a contract with the hotel. This is how it works. This is business people. We're in the midst of planning the conference for, you know, Nebula conference for CIFWA and negotiating with the hotel has been 90% of the planning effort. It's, it's not the fault of the hotel that they are requiring a contract from you and expect you to deliver a certain amount of money. You have to be savvy. Um, you know, people look at these things and I, I know of another con where apparently someone attended a polycon last year and said, I could do this and they've put it together, a different one. Uh, and now I'm hearing tea about that one, that it's maybe not coming off that well. We'll find out, but yes, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. You have to have a lot of registrations. There's a reason why with small businesses, they say you smart start small and that the death knell of most small businesses is expanding too quickly. So no, it's not the fault of the hotel. It's the fault of the people who didn't do the math. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you think you can't make your $200,000 hotel contract, you can't. In the case of the gal that I'm talking about, she kept asking one of my author friends who was a best-selling author and a soft touch for more and more money. Uh, she tried it on me too. You know, she kept asking me if, you know, like I would sponsor something or another. And that's what they do is they like try to get you to sponsor stuff and try to make up the money that way. So what they're doing is they're going back to the gold miners, right? They're not trying to get the money from the readers, from the attendees who are supposed to be the people paying for this stuff. Instead, they keep going back to the authors because that's who they think they can hit up. Um, the same thing is happening apparently with book boxes. You know, everybody's starting their new book box. And, and I'm saying this for a couple of people out there uh, that, you know, one of the excuses they use for saying that they can't pay the authors very much is, well, you have to understand we're just a small business. And it's like, well, authors are a small business, right? We are, we're the gold miners. Um, you don't have the shovel sales people. That's actually hard to say, isn't it? The people selling shovels coming and telling the miners, well, you need to give me some gold for free so that I can actually get my shovel business off the ground because I'm just a small business, but you're a gold miner. Uh, no, you, even if your gold mine is playing out nicely, uh, you still, uh, don't owe anyone free gold so that they can get their shovel sales business off the ground. Uh, be wary of these things. Um, one of the things that I resolved a long time ago, and I freely admit I have gotten shit for this. I have gotten people, um, sending me ranty things about this. Uh, if I am invited to speak at a con, I expect some sort of remuneration. It is not my responsibility as the person providing content to help their business model. 
So I will not speak totally for free. Uh, I expect something. I expect free registration. I expect maybe some travel help if possible. I don't expect them to pay me huge amounts, but I do expect that they don't rely on me to make their business model work. Uh, I won't go to a con where the authors are paying more to attend than the readers are paying. Uh, those are so, sort of my basics. Um, I have been leery of book boxes. I know there are some that are great. I would ask to see their numbers. Uh, don't, don't do things where they're counting on you to be desperate to get your book out there that you will agree to, um, that you will agree to going into the red in order to do it, right? That's the fundamental principle. You do not need to subsidize their business model. Even if they tell you, you know, the old saw of exposure, you're getting, you know, the exposure is worth it. No, no, no. You don't need to subsidize their business model. If a convention can't run without making the authors work for free or actually have to pay out because you have to pay your own travel, then there's a, the problem is with their business model. Now I'm going to exempt conventions like, you know, like Worldcon or World Fantasy or, or Nebula Conference because those are professional conferences that I go to for other reasons. I pay out in order to have the professional programming in order to network, in order to do those things. I'm talking entirely about stuff where you are, where the content of the convention is entirely based on the authors being there in order to interact with readers or other kinds of creative modalities. So that's my Tuesday rant. Uh, things to look out for, right? Very sorry for all of you who got caught in this particular trap. <sighs> yep. Use those plane tickets for something else, right? That's one good thing about post-COVID times is you can, if not get them refunded, you can at least change them to do something else. And now you know how to pick your events. So good luck going forward. I will talk to you all on Thursday. You all take care. Bye-bye.